I almost got into a fist fight today. And by the end of it, I made a new friend in New York City. Yes, I did. And, uh, and a black woman was screaming across the street. Put him on the Facebook. Put him on the Facebook. Uh, isn't Opie a multimillionaire? How come people donate to him not being a dick? Just curious. Or am I wrong? Beers. Oh, bears and cigars. Hey, bears and cigars. It's called capitalism in America. I, I basically don't make any money anymore. So to get a few bucks coming in every once in a while when I live stream, it's exciting. It'd be exciting for anyone. And it also motivates me to keep doing this every single day. Um, yeah, schmuckamuck, he knows. Because Opie has given me years of laughter and entertainment. And then you wrote, or that, whatever that is. Oh, because of the capitalism? <laughs> it's not even a lot of money. Oh, my God. It really isn't a lot of money. So just relax, okay? And, of course, even, even if I was well off uh, financially, of course I'd want to make more money, just like anyone else. What do you think? I'm different than you? Holy crap. And I'm not begging anyone. Most of the people watch this damn thing every day for free, and that's okay, too. Yeah, today I almost got into a fist fight. It was really, really bad. And then by the end of it, I made a new friend, and I might even read the letter right now. God, this is the personal stuff that other people just wouldn't do. Here's the capitalism. Love you, Ope. Steve Marvin with the $5. Uh, in New York City, if you've been following along with my live streams, um... I decided to bail on the $600 a month parking in this building for my car. It actually went up to $700 and uh, almost $50 a month to park your car in the building you live in. So I said, F that. Thus then why it's exciting to get a few bucks here and there because, you know, the ah, I'm looking at my bills these days. Look at, look at uh, Bears and Cigars throwing $4.99 at me. Ha, thanks. For the content, Opie, I was just busting balls. Chill out. No, I, I wasn't even mad, dude. I just went with your comment and, and knew I could scream capitalism. <laughs> so I said, you know, I'm not parking this damn car for over $700 a month anymore. So I'm back uh, with the ham and eggers on the street. You know, the kid has fallen a bit and he's back to doing regular things. Oh, my God, I had it good. Oh, God, did I have it good. And one of the things you got to do is uh, the alternate side of the street parking thing in New York, which is a which is a complete nightmare and a complete scam, by the way. You know, uh, I blame Bill de Blasio because he's the latest mayor of New York City. It's garbage. It's just another revenue stream for the city. Uh, they make you move your car from one side of the street to the other. Most people know this. And they got the traffic cops, you know, walking up and down, giving tickets uh, left and right if you're not moving your car. And they say so the the street cleaners could come through and just just brush and spray the 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 junk and the dirt and the grind and the slime just to another part of the street. They're not cleaning anything. It's it's complete BS. But we gotta do it. So I had to move my car. All I had to do is wait an hour and a half, 90 minutes, and then I'm good for a week. So I jumped in my car this morning. I dropped my kid off, and I went right back to where I was parked, which is close to this building. And 
my strategy was I'll just wait for the street sweeper to come through and I'll just pull in behind him all nice. And he, when he rolls up my street, I'm right behind the street sweeper. And as soon as he like, you know, sweeps everything to another part of the, the, the street, I'll just park. I thought the strategy was wonderful. John Doe with the $5 and a linger longer. So that was my strategy. But people are uh, very uptight in New York City. And there's a whole system that everyone follows. So basically, people move their car to the other side of that uh, that street. Oh, my God. This explanation is just fucking terrible. I'm going to have to go back to broadcasting school but everyone has this understanding like, okay, when the street sweeper comes through, I'm going to get my spot back again, right? And others are like, fuck that. That's not the rules. So my strategy was to follow the street sweeper. I did that. And then I parked my car all nice. I'm like, I'm good now. Now I just got to sit here for, uh, you know, another hour or so. This guy started screaming at me. It's the worst thing I've ever seen anyone do in New York. You just took my spot. That was my spot. And I'm yelling and screaming at him. I'm like, that's not how alternate side of the street parking works. And then this black lady across the street is like, that's wrong. That's wrong. What you're doing? That was his spot. And then starts screaming to the guy, put him on the Facebook. Put him on the Facebook. And then the guy picks up his camera and starts taking all sorts of pictures of me. I'm not going to lie. I posed all nice for the pictures. Got my license plate, my registration off the windshield or whatever the info you can get off the wind windshield. And uh, he's yelling and screaming. He jumps out of his car. He's, uh, he's like, move. That's my spot. I'm like, I ain't moving nowhere. That's not how alternate side of the street parking works. As a matter of fact, I was one of the cars that was parked on this street. So long story short, after he's yelling and screaming at me saying this is one of the worst things he's ever seen while living in New York and I'm a terrible person I go to him you're not a tough guy <laughs> and then I go and and you, you you don't you never know who you're talking to I don't know that's just something we all say right you don't know who you're talking to so then he's really mad now if he pulls away he is fucked to be honest with you because alternate side of the street parking uh, jumps from street to street. So, like, the the, the spot I had was uh, 8 to 9.30. You can't park there on um, Thursdays. But then you move over a couple streets, and then the alternate side of the street parking is, like, 9 to 10.30. And then it's 10 to 11.30. So if he left, he would have been in hell with all the other cars just going up and down uh, streets trying to park. So he's fucking livid. I'm telling him he's not a tough guy. Blah, blah, blah. Then I'm taking pictures of him just in case. Uh, and then um, he's mad. He doesn't know what to do. And there's a spot that miraculously opens up right behind my car. So he starts uh, parallel parking into that. I get out of my car because I can't help myself. I'm amazed that I still have my, my uh, original teeth, to be honest with you, because... Ah, from time to time, I probably uh, deserved a nice fist sandwich. So I, I gesture to him. I go, roll down your window. I do the, the old school, you know, roll down your window, even though he's definitely a good 15 years younger than me. So he doesn't know what that means, right? But I still did that gesture, and he rolls down his window. I go, all that, and you got a spot anyway. <laughs> and now he's like, 
he's still mad at me because he feels like I got his spot. But now he accomplished what he needed to get his car back. So now here's the awkward thing. We're both sitting in our cars, and I'm like, oh, God. And I'll be honest with you. I was going to edit a podcast, but I forgot to download it to my laptop, and I had no Wi-Fi connection. So I'm like, oh, God, now I just got to sit here. And I was listening to just garbage on the radio. It was all horse shit. Regular radio is terrible. I, I, I don't know if you know this, but it's god awful. So then I'm like, oh, God. I'm like... Why don't you just do it different this time, right? So I get out of my car because I got at least another hour to just sit there. Because even though the street sweeper went through this lovely city, you know, the greatest city on uh, on earth, New York City, they still bring the traffic uh, cops through. So even though the street sweeper did its job and you should be able to park now because that was the whole reason you were moving your car, these assholes will still give you tickets if you're not sitting in your car or next to your car until the uh the the 9 30 in this case so i'm like oh god so i get out of my car because i'm like i'm bored i'm gonna do this different so i walked up to his car and i i go roll and i did the gesture again roll down your window and he rolls it down and this might surprise you i've been trying to tell you this for years no one wants to listen i'm a changed man i go sir I want to apologize to you. And know what he did? He said, you know what? I was going to get out of my car and apologize to you. <laughs> oh, God, I just lost my broadcast center again. Is the broadcast center stable? I used to work in a multi-million dollar studio. This is pretty embarrassing. So I go, I want to apologize to you. I go, but... For real, man, I was also parked on this street. And, it, you know, it's always a panic when you're trying to figure out this alternate side of the street parking, blah, blah, blah. So we got to talking, and uh, and he, he goes, I just want to admit that uh, you're right. I'm not a tough guy. <laughs> and I go, trust me, I'm not much of a tough guy either. I I, I play, uh, I play uh, tough guy pretty well, but I'm actually a pretty normal dude, you know? And then we got to talking and it got to the point, who are you? I told him he knew who I was. And so we talked for a whole hour and I gave him like really a basic history of my career. Turns out he's in PR. And then he's like, look, the whole alternate side of the street parking thing's over. Look, look. And then he shows me his phone as he's deleting all these pictures that he had of me. I'm like, you don't have to show me. I don't care. It's over, you know? We're getting along. We're talking. How weird is this? You never get to just talk to somebody like this. And it took some weird confrontation. And now we're getting along, you know? Talked for an hour and a half. Um, and then he's like, hey, I'm, uh, I want to leave my info on your, uh, on your windshield. He was going to leave me a card, actually, because he's in PR. I go, that'd be cool. He goes, I'd like to keep in touch. I'm like, all right. He goes, I got to go. It was 930, and we don't have to be in our cars anymore. And he went into his building. And then I walked uh, doggy a little while ago, and on my windshield was a note in a plastic bag because it's raining here in New York City. I'm going to read this note. Long story short, Opie's now his boyfriend, LOL. <laughs> Jesus, JW, what the hell, man? Uh, Benjamin Tucker, for your new paint job after your car gets keyed, no kidding. Well, that was another reason why I jumped out of my car because the whole um, – the whole street was mad at me 
because I guess I wasn't following protocol, which is bullshit because I, I also was on that street when this whole thing started. And I'm still worried about the black lady that was yelling, put him on the Facebook. Put him on the Facebook. Put him on the Facebook. I'm like, oh, my God. And then I screamed to her. I forgot to tell you. I just screamed to her. I'm like, who are you? So anyway, this is the note the guy uh, left. I think it's kind of cool. That's why I want to read this. He writes, dear Greg. And he spelled it right with two G's. So he obviously uh, looked me up on the Google. Or maybe he still had a couple pictures of my car. Who knows? You're going to be shocked by this, by this note, especially some of you old-timers out there that haven't been following along and uh, haven't realized that the kid has changed a lot over the years. The note says, Dear Greg, it was a true pleasure speaking with you this morning. New York City is so funny. One moment you're in an alt-side parking dispute, and the next making a new friend exclamation point. Eh? What a classic New York City moment. I'm so happy that we could both put this behind us and move on. Sorry again for becoming so upset. I would very much like to keep in touch with you, if possible. You have incredible stories to share. What a journey you have had. This is like some spiritual shit. I see you. This is going to shock a lot of people. So you might want to go earmuffs, especially you haters out there, because I know you haters check this out on a regular basis. The next line says, I see you as clearly a thoughtful person wanting to leave the world better than you found it. Please email me best, and then his name, because I don't want to get too personal, and his email address. The kid found his only friend. <laughs> Just going with the stupid haters. Uh, there you go. Got a brand new friend. After almost getting in a fist fight in New York City. Oh, my God, bromance. And now I get beat up. <laughs> We're going to need his email address. Nah, 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 nah. He did apologize that he was a little uptight because his kid's only eight uh, months old and he doesn't sleep a lot. But there you go. That was, uh, that was my day. Pretty fucking crazy, right? Yeah, I was just sitting there in the car. I'm like, how about you just do it different? You get in these weird confrontations. He's uptight. I'm uptight. What are we going to sit in our cars and stew? And I was expecting him to just be like, you know what, dude, fuck off. But I was like, ah, it's worth a try. Please don't stop these shows. Well, I mean, if I can make, you know, $20 a day, I think I'll keep it going, to be completely honest with you. Look at me holding you guys hostage. If you don't give me $20 a day, I go away. <laughs> Did you give your... <laughs> Jen Ferris. Jesus. Jen Ferris goes, did you give your new boyfriend a blue chew? I'm not going to lie to you. What do you guys think? Should I wait a day or two days and then go, hey, you want to get a beer? <laughs> it's so uncomfortable to make new friends when you're older. It's so weird and awkward because something about it doesn't make sense. I always felt like there was a cutoff for making friends. I really did. 
and you get older and whether it's like uh you know i get along with another father from like my kids schools or like in this case uh, this guy that i had a confrontation with it's just so awkward to make uh new friendships but i'm a, i'm not gonna lie to you i'm a, i'm a little excited but i'm gonna play a little hard to get so i'm gonna probably give it a day and then i'm gonna write just some casual like uh you know I, i'm gonna be casual and i'll write them back and then i'll just sit on that for a little bit and then uh i might hit him up with uh, hey you want to get a beer maybe i'll do that like uh like sunday night you know what i mean like sunday night's such a yucky garbage night i mean if i ask him for a beer to go for a beer on a saturday that's weird right yeah that's weird i think so sunday's like a throwaway like ah you're not doing anything i'm not doing anything it's the end of the weekend why don't we go get a beer <laughs> Uh, dude, you have such a life story. You can make friends anytime. You have a nice, insane story. You could always make a new friend. Oh, right on, brother. Well, I made a, a bunch of friends just doing this uh, live stream. I'll tell you right now. What if he's watching the live right now? He did say he would check out my socials. So if he followed me on uh, YouTube or Facebook, he would have got the notification. So he might be there. Oh my God! If his name pops up uh, in the chat, I'm gonna be I, I'm gonna be a little embarrassed. <laughs> I was just happy I did it differently. And even if, like, at the end of it, it was like, hey, you know what? Hey, man, it was cool. You know, nice talking to you. That would have been all right, too. All right, let's talk about Skylight Frame. Mother's Day right around the corner. I love the Skylight Frame. And if you go to skylightframe.com right now, use the code OPIE, O-P-I-E, to get $10 off. Well, you might be asking yourself, oh, what's a Skylight Frame? Well, it's a great way to feel close to those you love when you're far away. Anyone in the family can send photos to the frame, so it's a great way to keep family members in touch. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds, and even the least tech-savvy can use it. It looks like a real photo frame, too, that adds a beautiful touch to your home. And you can swipe through photos with your finger and even tap to thank the person who sent the photo. 100% satisfaction guaranteed, and if you don't love your skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. This is what you do for Mother's Day. Preload it with favorite photos for mom. You can even surprise your mother with photos that she never knew you had. You can tap the heart button and it'll let the sender know you love the photo. This makes the frame interactive and fun to use. Oh, look at this, a Facebook review. This gives her a little glimpse of us every day. And then when we talk on the phone, she could talk to the boys about the pictures we sent. All right, this is what you do. Check it out for yourself. Go to Skylight Frame. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T Frame. Skylightframe.com. Use the code Opie, O-P-I-E. That's right. You get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to Skylightframe.com. Enter the code Opie, O-P-I-E. Skylightframe.com. Promo code Opie, O-P-I-E to get $10 off. You ever had a ghostly experience, though? Salem, uh, Salem, Paris? I'd have to think about that. I had some weird shit when I worked in Buffalo. Um, when I worked at the Fox in Buffalo on Franklin Street, if you want to Google it, 425 Franklin Street. I can't believe I remember the address. Uh, you'll see it's an old house. Radio station's long gone, I believe. And the radio station was in this old house, and you come in the front door, and they had these creepy, like, 
staircase that led up to the studios and stuff on the second floor. And man, did we all hear noises and shit in that place. I don't know, though. I was doing overnights, and I was a younger guy, so I wasn't taking care of myself. I was doing a lot of Sambuca, a lot of partying, and doing my radio show. So my sleep really, really sucked. And uh, I was on the radio at the Fox, and I would stand up to do my show. It was one of those boring music shows. Although I started really, really talking in Buffalo because I, my PD was having an affair with the secretary, and he knew I knew. So I, uh, I just decided to blow off the format. This is probably why I had a great radio career because I knew that one of the bosses was having an affair with the secretary – and instead of playing the same garbage music every night, I was like, fuck that. I'm blowing off music, and I'm going to start talking. We'd have these air check sessions where the, the guy tells you what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right. And any other uh, person would have told me, like, knock it off. Stop blowing off the music and talking so much. We're not a talk show. But he knew that I knew a little something something. So... These air check sessions, know what he said almost every single time? You're doing a great job. Keep it up. So then I started talking more and more and blowing off the music. That is a true story. He was the first guy that really embraced what I was doing and said, damn, keep going. Partially because of what I, uh, what I knew and probably partially because, uh, you know, I had, had some raw talent back then. Anyway, I would stand up in the uh, studio doing my music show, and there was a giant uh, glass window to my right, really big. So when people walked uh, by the studio in the hallway, you could see them uh, clear as day. So I was on the air. You know, other jocks would come by after the bars closed because they were bored, and they'd come by to see what was going on. You would socialize, and sometimes they'd bring you a beer or something or food, whatever. So one night I'm doing my show, middle of the night, and I was – talking on the radio and i felt like a presence go by the uh the window in the hallway and i was the only one in this old building that that was creepy too so i felt this presence walk by the window in the hallway outside the studio and and i thought i saw somebody walk by as i was on the air out of the corner of my eye so i finished my break and uh it led kind of to the break room so i finished my break and, and and i put another song on so i had like four or five minutes to screw around and I left the studio to, to see who came up to visit me. And I walked down the hallway of the direction this person I thought I saw uh, towards the, the break room. And it turns out there was nobody there. And I was so fucking creeped out for the rest of the night, the rest of that shift. Like, am I just overly tired? Or was that a ghost? I'm not going to lie to you. Or never got the explanation. And I checked the whole place. Like, all right, now someone's just fucking with me. And literally no one was there. Happy anniversary of the unmasked of the 20 years. Uh, thermal chill. That happened on this day. Me and Anthony were celebrating 20 years of doing radio together. That's, that's like fucking, I can't even wrap my head around that. And Ronnie B uh, interviewed us at uh, Caroline's. I remember it was a really, really good time. Met a lot of people. And then when um, Sirius XM fired Anthony, uh, you know, they didn't give a fuck about me and Anthony in our 20 years. They couldn't wait to get rid of us. They were just waiting for us to, to fuck up. Yeah, then Anthony got, like, fired or, yeah, fired, I guess, uh, two months later. 
that was it. And I never saw Anthony again. So that's uh, that's seven years ago today, I bet you. It's got to be seven years because I, I haven't seen Anthony uh, in person in seven years. And I probably haven't even talked to him in uh, four, maybe five years, something like that. You can soon get the vaccine under the giant whale you and Mike saw. Seriously, Andrea Butera. Really? Uh, the museum is opening up a, a vaccination site? Nice. That fucking episode, man, where me and Mike Pichetti walked around looking at dinosaurs at the museum, and he was completely fucking out of breath. He could barely walk. Um, and then I wanted to show him the blue whale, right, at the Museum of Natural History uh, here in New York City. And uh, we walk into the room, and the whale, the room is massive. It's huge. And the whale is life-size, this blue whale. So you can only imagine how big it is. Giant. You can't miss it. And we walk into the room, and usually when you walk into the room, it's a big, it's like an oh-my-God moment, really. And so everyone's walking in going, oh, my God, because they're seeing it for the first time, all these farmers from all around the country. Me and Mike walk into the room, and Mike goes, where is it? Don't climb in the big climb. <laughs> Let me see. Where are we? Oh, bro, look at the tigers. <laughs> oh, Mike, behold, I want to get your reaction. We're entering the room with the blue motherfucking whale. Obviously, this isn't a real blue whale because, like I said, it would stink up the whole museum if it was real. But this is, uh, this is to scale what a blue whale looks like in the ocean. Turn to your right. Give me your reaction. Where is she? Huh? What, where is it? It's this giant thing in the middle of the room. <laughs> Let's get your eyes checked after this. Dinosaurs of pipsqueaks next to this guy. Dude, this was the big reveal, and you said, where is it? It's right in front of your face. It's giant. That's like hundreds of feet long. No, the thing is, Rex, Rex is an, an ant next to him. Right. Do you see it now? Can you focus? Yeah, I, I can. I, I see him like... You sort of see him? That was the big reveal, and you said, where is it? I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what, though? I'm, I'm also the same kind of guy if some hot chick was naked in front of me. Right. Wondering if she liked me or not. Yeah. <laughs> Farris Roth. Mike Pichetti is one of the best natural comedians there is today. Hugely underrated. I agree with you, man. He's really fucking funny. Did you have a favorite guest? It's right to be right on the YouTube. I got to tell you, um, I hate that question because it always changes. Like some of these questions I'm asked, I always have a different answer after the fact. I mean, even though he's more than a guest, Patrice O'Neill was just flat out the best. That guy never disappointed every single time he came on uh, the show. But I, I would assume you're talking about like celebrities. Uh, but most celebrities fucking suck. They're over, overly guarded and protected and don't really give you much, to be honest with you. But the culture at Series XM, they're pretty much uh, star fuckers over there. So they want every one of their shows to just have a ton of celebrities uh, rolling through. It's what drove me nuts the last few years at Series XM. They insisted on getting as many celebrities as possible on our show and everyone else's show. And these people would just, they just would not offer up much. And they're not entertaining. And they're scared about every single word they're saying that it's going to be spun and thrown in the, in the papers or all over social media. And it could fuck their careers. So they're incredibly guarded. And 
a lot of days, all of a sudden, you know, uh, we would start figuring out what the show was going to be about that day or whatever. And then it was like, yeah, we got three guests today. I'm like, ah, oh, Christ. That means we can't even do the stuff that we know would, would work. Barry Williams was the best. Yeah, Barry was uh, the best back in the day. Greg Brady. I'll never forget, he uh, he stopped the conversation that me and Anthony were having with him at WNEW. So this goes back, God, almost 20 years now. And he goes, uh, so are we going to acknowledge the couple fucking in the corner? <laughs> One of the greatest lines ever. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, Barry, don't worry about that. We're christening the new rug. <laughs> Which is a true story. We were such assholes. Every time they were trying to do something nice for us at WNEW, uh, I could only speak for myself. I, I felt the urge to ruin it. And uh, so they, they put a brand new rug down in the uh, the studio. And my first thought was, well, hell, man, we got to christen the rug. We got to get a couple in here to have sex on the rug. And uh, sure enough, any idea we had, man, those phones would light up. And sure enough, within, I don't know, a day, maybe two days, there was a couple in studio having sex while we were doing a radio show and talking to Barry Williams, a.k.a. Greg Brady. Oh, there you go, Mike Tyson. See? I, I sort of forgot about Mike Tyson until uh, we started talking about this, Andy Vollin. Mike Tyson was one of the best guests ever. One of the best guests ever. Surprisingly so, too, man. He really, really liked uh, the Opie and Anthony show. And then he really, really liked when me and Jimmy were doing radio. He continued to come in, and he was filled with stories, and he laughed at our shit, and he really just wanted to be there and hang. He was, he was really, really cool. Schmuckamuck. There you go. Mike Tyson rules. How do you get girls uh, in prison? Oh, that, that amazes me. Oh, man. Me. Well, um, how, did that get, how did that all uh, come about? Okay. Um. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well... People um believe it or not, I was Mike Tyson. So <laughs> and people um people kind of like wrote me pen pal letters when I was in jail, you know. And you I, just get a lot of people to look the and, other way. And, um they said no, no one always looked always got in trouble because I touched and kissed too much and stuff. Right. But it was a guy in prison, there's always some fucking white guy in these prisons that just got the system down packed, even though he's always in fucking prison, never get always get caught, <laughs> but he got the system packed down. He said, This is what you do. You have him come, you know the summer dress that they wear, the summer dress the year, and the buttons in the front, right? You remember the buttons of course in the front, have him wear it backwards. No underwear unless sometimes they check for underwear and you got to come to prison with underwear. Make the underwear crotchless. They never check the fucking crotchless oh, underwear. Oh, shit. Oh, these fucking guys, these fucking wow. That's why your white guys run the country because your motherfuckers <laughs> think of this shit. And then, no, serious, right? Who would think? Who would white motherfucker think of this shit, right? And, um, oh, and no, but really, right? And I'm like, you listen to me. Are you listening, Mike? All right, listen, all right? Fuck, all right? Listen, damn, I'm going to get in trouble for this, all right? So, um, man, how I know I got three of my wives pregnant. I got three fucking kids since I've been in prison, okay? So, oh, listen. Man. So, he goes like this. He said, you have them turn around, and you have them, the best, you have the unbutton the top, and they come for that quick couple of seconds. They can give you a kiss and sit on your lap, and you have them come in and kiss and you sit on your, put them right on and you choke, 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 and you gotta come real quick because you haven't had sex in a long time. Unless you've been jerking <laughs> off. You've been jerking off, Mike? Don't do that. But I'm like, you're gonna come real quick. Hit. And then I said, Mike, then you cut it down and you continue the conversation, else you exit to dismiss one or the other. But if I was you, I'd take advantage of the hour and have a conversation. You might get hard again and try that again. So, um, <laughs> but basically, that's how I did. And then again, 
I can't believe I'm talking about this shit. Oh, anyway. Fucking so compelling. Jesus. It's amazing. Is, I'm amazed. Mike is the perv. 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 You perv. Okay. So, um, yes, um, just had a girlfriend. I had a little, um, a counselor there and stuff. This, I'm on Oh, show. wow. Yeah. My That's drug handy. counselor. So I said, she kept saying, I can help your time cut, and cut some of your time off if you take my test. And I said, I don't need your damn test and stuff. And then I know the possible. I could get some. Hey, yes, I think I did have a lot of drinking problems and I dealt with drugs in the past. And maybe me, you could work something out and I can get help. Because I tried to take the GET test and that would take some time, but I fucking failed the test. Oh, okay, my. I said, fuck, God damn, I can't even pass a fucking GED test. Fuck. <laughs> what happened? So the counselor, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Offered money and stuff. Oh man, I'm always paying. You know, I'm always a quick guy to pay. My mother accept money. Most of the women I know accept money. And if you didn't accept money, I didn't like you. <laughs> so you're something wrong with you. You got morals. Uh uh-uh, uh, you don't got morals. You got a venereal disease. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be with you. Hope you remember Nancy Grace walking out on you and Jim, uh, Big Mac. That was not me, my friend. Don't compare me to that garbage radio show. Thank you. I would appreciate it. The question was, when was the last time I... When was the first time I saw Carl and when was the last time? Well, the first time was definitely with um, Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri uh, came in and did the show a lot. Um, And one day, I just remember, I don't know, I don't know the the specifics about it. You know what? I really would like to find the audio though. Cause I, I would, I would really, really like that. Cause I don't know. I've never, I've never heard the audio, but basically, um, uh, Carl came in with Guy Fieri for one of Guy Fieri's interviews on the show. And I remember like Guy Fieri's very entertaining, a huge personality as we all know, but he had this little, uh, I'll just call for the sake of uh, discussion. Uh, Carl, he was like a sidekick to Guy Fieri in studio. And he was firing off these lines. And I'm like, holy shit, this, this guy is quick and funny. And I was thinking he's got to be a comedian, and he wasn't. And then, uh, long story short, then Guy Fieri would come through, uh, through Sirius XM, and a lot of times he came, he came through a lot, and he couldn't come on our show all the time. And as he was walking by our studio, he would always wave and say hi, make sure he did that. Carl was in tow, so I started like waving to Carl to come on in. Look, like, hey, we we don't have Guy Fieri, but this guy's fucking funny, and that's how it sort of started. And then um, I saw Carl uh, for the last time at uh, Gephardt's on the Upper West Side. Um, we did a podcast. The last time I actually saw him, I did a podcast with him. Had a few beers. He was uh, having some issues with uh, La Cabana at the time. He had some stuff to figure out. He was a bit uh, stressed. We finished the podcast. And um, literally the last words I ever said to Carl are on the podcast. Oh, no, I think I might have called him once. Ah, man, why did I have to add that? Because it it sounds way better the other way. But I did call him one other time. But um, walked him to... uh, I'll tell you, the uh, subway station on 72nd and Broadway, and uh, this was on the podcast. Um, I said, I love you. He said, I love you. We hugged. He turned and walked into the subway station, and I went on my merry way, and I never saw him alive again. And then I did talk to him on the phone one other time, maybe a day or two later. And the last text to Carl... (laughs) 
we were going back and forth about something. We, we were always texting, and he was always making me laugh or whatever. And uh, the last text from Carl just said, cool. So I just texted back uh, the letters I-O, as in coolio. And then he texted back with, like, laughing emojis. And, uh, and that was it. And that's how our relationship ended, my friend. With him texting cool and me texting I.O. Coolio. Thoughts on the times you interviewed Gene Simmons? Seems like you guys were easy on him due to Jimmy's fandom. Or am I wrong? You're not wrong at all. That guy was a complete fucking asshole. There's no other way around it. He was entertaining on the radio, though, but he was a complete asshole. And he looked down upon every single person in front of him. He thought he was better than everybody. I was waiting for the car crash sound effect just then, LOL. Ignacio Guzman? Guzman? Why, you didn't like me uh, tagging cool with IO? <laughs> and Carl wasn't polite. If he, if he didn't like something, I texted him. He would have wrote back boo. And certainly I got a bunch of texts uh, from Carl that just say boo. Did Gene hit on you or Ant's lady, LOL, Kenneth uh, Sorok? No, he never uh, hit on my uh, lady. I would, I, Honestly, I would have fucking broke his teeth because <clears throat> he was that type of guy. If he, if he was all if – he, if he pulled that horse shit in front of me, I would have broke his fucking teeth. I don't like Gene Simmons at all. Would you speak to Louis uh, Louis C.K. if uh, if you wanted to be on your pod, Nick G? Of course, I ran into Louis C.K. and I uh, we had a nice conversation. And then because um, he he lives in the area, let's just put it that way. I said, "Do my podcast," and he said something like, "I'd love to." And then I walked away and realized I have no way of contacting him. I don't I don't know if I ever had Louis C.K.'s number. You know, a lot of these people, you do end up having their numbers. Uh, I don't think I ever exchanged numbers with Louis C.K., but he did say I love, I would love to. But that's like, uh, you know, that's like an entertainment thing. You just act uh, all chummy uh, to everybody, and, and you don't mean what you say a lot of times. So I don't believe when he said I would love to that he actually meant it. Kenneth Sirac, uh, you're getting a lot of mentions today, Kenneth, off the Facebook uh, Louis is probably still one of the best living comics. 100%, man. Very, very clever and very, very funny at the same time. Rogan, very, very clever, but not as funny. What's Burt Kreischer really like? Uh, Riley uh, Bissett? That's a, you know what? That's a really good question, and I'll tell you why. A lot of guys are very um, different when the mics are off. Most comedians are uh, honestly not the type of people you'd want to hang out with. Uh, a bunch of them aren't even really that funny when they're not uh, performing. They know how to be funny on a stage. But when they're off the stage, uh, some of them, I'm, I don't feel like uh, mentioning names today, they're not really that funny and they're not uh, someone you, you would really want to hang out with. With that said, Burt Kreischer is beyond hilarious, beyond fun, high energy, Never disappoints when he's on a radio show. And he's the exact same way when the mics go off. I would say almost exact or or the closest to it than uh, most of the people you probably have heard over the years on, on all the radio shows. Opie and Dice Mountain Climbing. Yes, that happened. <laughs> that happened. 
There's a time me and Dice were chummy for a, for a little bit, little bit. I may have went to Gold's gym and was embarrassed by how little he actually uh, was lifting and how uh, short the workout was. And he felt like he had a massive workout. I was very, very confused by him at Gold's gym. Very confused. Not lifting heavy weights. And we... I think we were done in less than 20 minutes. I'm like, I thought we were working out. He goes, we did. Now let's go shopping. I'm going to make you dinner. I'm like, okay. Then I remember being in uh, in a in a in uh, in an apartment, and then he had these jars, like these giant jars just filled with candy. He was a big kid. Oh, would you, for conversation's sake, link up with the comedian again and go for broke? It is insane that you don't principled uncertainty uh asks in the youtube i don't know what the future holds my friend that would sound a lot like what everyone else is doing everyone's like grabbing a comedian and uh you know they're all starting to sound sound the fucking same the kevin brennan opie show tell me that doesn't work it, we would we would crush it but then i would be in that dumb world i don't want to be in that dumb world anymore the comedians exhausted me I'd rather do the live stream, cut some of this up, put it out as a podcast, start thinking about my dream, Bill's uh, Sushi. Is it Bill's Sushi? Because that's hard to say, as you, as you noticed. should just be Bill's Sushi. No, it has to be Bill's, though, right? Or maybe it's like Bill apostrophe S and then just U-S-H-I. Because then that looks sort of like a foreign word, maybe. I don't know. These are the things I'd rather think about than kickstarting my, my fucking career. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, you know, doing radio for all those years, it just wore me out, to be honest with you. If you want a real answer, it just wore me out. I found this little uh, group of people that I like. A bunch of them uh, are part of the private Facebook group. And uh, we got a good crew, and I live stream, and uh, I just have a lot of fun doing it. There's no pressure. There's no toxicity. There's no uh, egos and everything else that comes with working closely with a bunch of people. So I kind of like just doing this right now. Radio wore you out or serious? Well, I mean, um, serious definitely wore me out. They don't really know what the fuck they're doing, for real. Um, like I said, they're star fuckers. They just want all their shows to have as many celebrities on on the shows as possible. And they got the Howard Stern business model that works for them. But if you're anybody else over there, you know, you're kind of not treated that great. Even us. We were the second biggest show over there. We weren't treated well. And I begged them not to put us in that little stupid, tiny little studio. I said, that's really going to handcuff us after being on 57th Street in the XM studios where we uh, had the run of the place could do whatever the fuck we want. And then they took us from that beautiful facility and threw us in a tiny little uh, studio. Did we make it work? A hundred percent we did, but it was, you know, it slowly but surely wore me out. I could just speak for myself. And then knowing uh, that you're part of a massively huge radio show, but you don't get along with uh, at first one of the guys and then both the guys that just fucking sucks. So yeah, yeah, I got worn out. And then uh and then Carl brought me back to life. That's why I'll love that guy to the to the day I die. He brought me back to life. 
and I'm starting to really, really enjoy myself again. And then, uh, you know what happened there. So <laughs> what the fuck? It's hard to be the only guy not into trans. Jesus. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I never got it. But you know what? If that's your thing, then it's your thing. I'm certainly not judging. But I can tell you this. I, I never understood that. I never I never got that. See, now just saying that, that's bad. You can't really say anything different. I just never understood it. It doesn't mean I, uh, I have no hate. I'm all for whatever makes you happy as long as you don't hurt anybody else. As long as you're not hurting yourself or anybody else, then then go for it. God, I'm like nervous I just fucking said all that. Isn't that crazy? There was a time, maybe some of you guys remember, that you could like kind of speak openly about things in America. Now, man, I, I second guess it all the time. Because just even saying like I don't understand it means that you're against... Uh, that community, and that's not true. But there's literally one narrative on all this stuff. And if you go outside the narrative, you gotta start worrying. They're gonna come for your livelihood. What was it like working with Theo? Theo Vaughn? Michael Foley? You know, that the Theo Vaughn that uh, we took a chance on back in the day? I believe Roland came in studio and said, uh, you remember this guy, uh, Theo Vaughn? He was on that MTV show. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, kinda. Because he's, uh, he's trying to be a stand-up comic, and he's thinking about starting a podcast. Would you take him for your show? And I go, yeah, sure. I'll take a chance on him. And then did uh, some damn good radio with the guy. And then when I finally needed a favor, finally in my life, in my career, Theo Vaughn forgot my name. Oh, these guys. God, it's so frustrating. I tried to get him on the podcast a couple times. You know, I've been doing my podcast for, uh, uh, I think, three years, right around uh, this coming May. And I asked him a couple times, and uh, <sighs> at least he, like, wrote me back with some lame excuse, at least. Some of these other guys never even fucking acknowledged I asked him. Mark Normand. No, I don't need them, but it's frustrating. That's all. But uh, Theo is very, very good on the radio show. Very, very good. Very, uh... I like I like the quirky, weird, silly uh, guys, and and he uh, he fit the bill, man. Pete Davidson is a chode. Oh God, he's another one. I literally could show you text messages like Pete Davidson loved doing the radio show so much. He wrote me basically saying that he's thinking of leaving Saturday Night Live and he wants to do radio on a more regular basis. I got these text messages. We definitely were. Uh, we're friends. And then um, the whole Ariana Grande thing happened, and I never heard from Pete again. And then one of our mutual friends that I was talking to, because he was like one of the main writers on uh, King of Staten Island. Is that the name of the movie? I, I swear to God, I forgot. And I like the movie, by the way. I was going back and forth with this guy, and he goes, uh, by the way, Pete says he misses you. I'm like, tell fucking Pete to write me this third-party horse shit of uh, Pete says he misses you means nothing to me. And the guy I was talking to is very close with Pete. I go, just tell him to text me. And he never did. These guys are just ridiculous. Some of them are. 
Um, oh, let's promote uh, skylightframe.com promo code OP. Uh, the skylight frame is awesome. If you're looking for something different for Mother's Day, at least take a peek at skylightframe.com. And if you really, really like it, you know, you can send pictures to your mom from anywhere. So she wakes up in the morning and it's like, oh, my God, Harry, we got new pictures on the skylight frame. Get your ass in here, Harry. It's a very nice gift. It really is. And if you go, you know what? Yeah, this is a nice gift. Use the promo code O-P-O-P-I-E. I don't know. You'll get something off. Whatever. And if you don't want to do that, that's fine, too. Goodbye. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>